Welcome to the Brexit Brits Abroad Mythbusting Micro Podcasts. I'm Dr. Mickla Benson. Over the Christmas period, we thought that it would be nice to produce a series of micro podcasts that explored in detail and tried to dispel some of the myths around British people living in the EU27. We've produced a series of six of these that look at issues including dual nationality, taxation, stereotypes, and hopefully do some work to support our overall argument around the diversity of the British population who've made their homes and lives in the European Union. Take a listen and let us know what you think. Why don't Brits living in the EU27 just take nationality in the countries they live? Surely that would be a way that they could keep their European citizenship. Today's myth-busting intervention focuses on this question. It considers the extent to which applying for dual nationality and acquiring it is possible for Britons living in the EU27. It looks at the terms and conditions which guide processes of naturalisation. And it also considers why, on a personal level, people may or may not want to apply for dual nationality. The first thing I want to say is, as a sociologist who has studied migration for a number of years, I'm all too well aware of how difficult and complex the process of naturalisation is in most nations. So it's not simply a case of just rocking up and saying, I want to become a citizen. Even if we look at the UK, which is, is quite well known for its citizenship process, we can see that this application contains various elements. It requires people to be eligible through criteria that include minimum income thresholds. It requires that they pass a test called life in the UK. And we also know that it's quite costly. Of course, when we look across different European Union nation states, the story might be different but they will still be guided by a series of terms, by a series of criteria that people have to meet, and it will still be a long and drawn-out process. In fact, you can listen back to one of our podcasts from earlier in the autumn where I spoke with Jill and Clive about their experience of applying for French nationality. Now, We are seeing a rise in the number of British people living in the EU27 applying for dual nationality. But I think that we have to be a little bit cautious here as well. We have to consider the people for whom this route is not possible and for whom this is not really something they want to do. The reasons that they have for this, just as the reasons behind why people apply for citizenship, are varied. They relate to questions of identity and belonging. Beyond the consideration of the individual motivations that might lead some people to consider applying for and acquiring dual nationality, we need to take a step back and think about what the structures are that support this um, and what they allow and don't allow. So importantly, naturalisation occurs at the level of the nation state and it's down to individual nation states 
to have in place rules and regulations around what they will and will not permit for their citizens. And it's very clear that while there are countries that readily permit dual nationality applications, there are others that don't allow it under any circumstances. It's also clear that in some cases, people are would be required to renounce their citizenship in order to apply for the citizenship of the place that they live. And that would include places like the Netherlands, Austria and Spain. Now, of course, there are exemptions to this um, and they are quite complicated and confusing, so I won't go into them here. But they might include things like if you're married to a national, if you have children who are nationals in that country. So it's worth looking into in quite a lot of detail if that's something that you're considering. And we also have this bizarre case of Germany where Germany permits dual nationality with other EU member states, but not with people who come from outside of those. So it might be the case that British citizens are perfectly within their rights to apply for dual nationality with Germany at this point in time, but post-withdrawal they may no longer be. So this gives a sense of the diverse landscape of naturalisation across Europe just a very initial flavour, actually. I'd also like to point to the fact that requirements for naturalisation, because they are guided at a national level, also vary quite considerably. It's important to ask questions about what the terms of lawful residence are in each of those places, what the time lengths might be for residence in order to be eligible. It's important to highlight that in most cases, people will be expected to have some level of language capability in the country that they're living. And they will also probably be expected to demonstrate how they are socially and economically integrated in the places that they live. I hope that in laying this out in this way, I've demonstrated that the question of why British citizens living in the EU 27 don't just apply for nationality in the countries that they live, is actually a very simplified reading of what is and what isn't possible and what people want and do not want. You've listened to me for long enough today on the issue of dual nationality, but I'll leave that to you to ponder over a little bit more. Thank you for listening to the Brexit Brits Abroad podcast. If you've enjoyed what we've been talking about today and want to find out more, check out our website www.brexitbritsabroad.com or you can follow us on social media via Twitter at BrexPatsEU and on Facebook. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And I'll speak to you again soon.